Hey, Sports Dev Series, New Year, 2023, M Salad in the house. What's what's going on, my brother? Well, I'm good, man. Cannot complain. What? I've been trying to catch you, man. You've been all over the world. Yeah, no, I was in, I was in, I was in Qatar for the for the most part. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, I'm trying to say cover the World Cup. Alhamdulillah, it was a, it was an incredible experience. Yeah, it was. It was. We'll get into that. I'll also talk mm-hmm. a little bit about um, NFL, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, real, the real sport. <laughs> so let me ask you this: what, what do you think? I know we had this little chat about Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. So what's the verdict now, postseason? Bro, I'm, I'm nothing's changed for me, bro. <laughs> Nothing, like, bro, I mean, okay, Tyreek Hill had an incredible season, but yeah. I think the Chiefs got better this year. You think so? I think Patrick Mahomes, this is probably his best year. Yeah, he had a hell of a year. But the thing is, I don't know, he's hurt though, right? So yeah, if he's hurt. No, I'm talking no, I'm talking about yeah. just the regular season. Like, I mean, I think the thing with, with Tyreek is the same. Like Tyreek's always gonna get his yards, but he didn't have that many touchdowns as per usual. In the red zone, Tyreek Hill is not that he's he's not that big of a threat. Obviously, if you're if you're on your own 20, fair enough. Tyreek, you you have to account for Tyreek Hill. But if the threat of the deep if the deep threat is not there, then you can you can you can man up Tyreek Hill because he's not gonna like he's not you know yeah, he's not gonna beat you over the top to get the ball like a, like a Devonte Adams. He's not a route runner like Keenan Allen or Cooper Cup. So it's like if you if the field is shorter, Tyreek Hill becomes less effective, and that shows in his numbers. Most of his yards are between the twenties. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he he's definitely. I think it's also a function of the kind of team you play on and mm-hmm. the and the. Uh, other weapons that they have on offense. Because if you have other weapons that they have to worry about in certain routes that they run, mm-hmm. then you could you become more of a threat with certain plays. Yes, you know what I'm saying? So Miami being what it is, they had their issues this year with the quarterback and oh, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 man. So, you know, considering all of that, I think he he did he did pretty well. He had a good season. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Tyreek yeah. had, had, had a good season. I just still don't think he's one of the top five teams in the league. Like, really? like like a true number, like he's not a Devontae Adams or a Justin Jefferson or a Jamal. Like you could put him on an island in any situation, he's gonna beat his man straight up every single time. Really? Jump you don't think so? Yeah, I think oh, I think man. no Tyreek Hill is is a weapon. He's in my opinion, a, I think he's a, a monster, man. I think it's, I, no, I think he's a, like he's a he's a weapon, but just a straight yeah. up wide receiver. Yeah, like I mean, minus the speed, he doesn't have the best hands, he doesn't have the best route running. I mean it's just that speed that makes him so terrifying and so elite. But you look yeah. at Devontae Adams, bro. Devontae Adams doesn't need to be a 4-2 guy. Devontae Adams can be a, can, can be a decent athlete. But Devontae Adams, you're not touching him any time. Devontae Adams was playing with Derek Carr and a terrible offense this year. And he still had 1,400 yards and led the league in, in receptions. Tyreek Hill couldn't do that in a bad situation. He couldn't, <laughs> in my opinion. Bro, you saw Justin Jefferson this year, 2,000 yards almost. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's, I think there's, there's levels to court, like to to the wide receiver tier. Yeah, there are levels to it. There's, there've always been levels to it. But let me ask you this: What who do you have, Philly for for no Philly or 49ers? I'm going 49ers, bro. I've always been a defense first guy. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a defense guy too, but but Danny but then again, you look at Philly, hey, look, and look. Philly just have a crazy defense as well. Like I'm, I'm telling think, you, man, Philly. No, I think I think Philly. People look at AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts. I mean, sorry, not Jalen Hurts. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Jalen Hurts. Um, Dallas Goddard. You look at that team and you think, okay, wow. Um, they got weapons, but bro, that defense is scary. You got James Bradbury and Darius Slay, Marcus Epps. They got um Gardner, um, CJ Gardner Johnson that they just traded for from the um from the from the Saints. They got that incredible D line. Like they, bro, they're incredible too. So, but I do you know what I think is gonna win it for them. Do you know what I think it's gonna be? I think Mike Shanahan is gonna be the difference in the in the in the in the game. Really? Yeah, the play calling of Mike Shanahan is gonna be is gonna be what does it for them. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting the team. Team, the team is evenly balanced. Yeah, they're evenly balanced. It's gonna come down these these sort of games, it comes down to which players are gonna show up to make the big plays when it counts. Yeah, that's that's all it comes down to. And like, also coaching, also coaching and preparation. Yeah, 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 the coaching and, and the game planning and the X and O's are gonna play a big part as well because you have to be able to understand what the opponent is doing and they'll create yeah. certain scenarios to put their players in the best position so they could be successful, right? Mm-hmm. But end of the day, 
it's gonna come down to those guys between the lines. You know what I mean? Like, who's gonna come out more aggressive and punch the other team in the mouth? Which defense is gonna come out hitting the hardest from the start of the game? Yeah, set the tone, right? That's that's the way this game is going to play, and it's going to. These two teams are so evenly matched. See, the, see, the, see. That's what I don't agree with. I don't think that. Even, I don't, don't think. Do think you think bro, Niners are much better? Bro, you look at the Niners. You got Christian McCaffrey. You got George Kittle. You got um, Debo Samuel. You've got Brandon Ayuk. That is insane, bro. That is yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it, like it, if you compare that to the weapons, like the running backs, it's not close. The tight ends, it's not close. The wide receivers can can get close, but then you still got Debo Samuel, who's not just your traditional wide receiver. He's your he can do all that Tyreek Hill stuff. He can catch out a back, bro. It's bro. I think the weapons are. Yeah, but, but, but you have to realize the thing is, it comes down to matchups. Yeah, it, that's exactly what comes. You're right. It comes, it comes down to matchups. So and, and all these saying. guys, all these guys are great. They're fantastic. Yeah, they do. That's what I'm thing. saying. But those matchups favor those matchups favor the 49ers because who are you going to? Because okay, when you're playing against the Eagles, if you take AJ Brown out of the game, you have a higher chance of winning that game, right? But on this side, you've got Christian McCaffrey that can get 200 yards from scrimmage any game. You've got Debo Samuel that can get 150 yards. You've got George Kittle. Like, who do you focus on? That's what I'm saying. There's more matchups that favor the 49ers than the Eagles. The Eagles need to play a perfect game to win this game. The 49ers don't necessarily need to do that because they have more players that can change the game in one in one, in one one stroke. Interesting. That, well, you know, hey, you know what? I'm going to be chatting with you on that day. Mm. No, we don't. Okay, I'm no. Prob- I'm probably I'm probably gonna watch the game with her. I'm gonna reach out to him so I can watch the game. But I'm I'm, I'm gonna be chatting with you on that day to to, to, to no, see. No, no, don't 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 get it twisted, right? I, like yeah. I'm not saying there's a, there's a, there's a massive golf in in like I mean the Eagles could easily win this game. Like they're the number one seed for a reason. They've lost two games this year for a reason. Like they're a good team, right? Yeah. But I just think the amount of talent that these guys have. Like, okay, this wouldn't be a conversation if these guys had a proven quarterback. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. If the 49ers had a proven quarterback, this wouldn't be a conversation. Yeah. It's just that Jalen Hurts has played at MVP level. Brock Purdy's just come in now, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's what it comes down to. And that's a big position. Yeah, it is a big position. And that's, and that's, and that's why it becomes a conversation. But if you yeah. take the quarterbacks out and you just look at these teams, bro, 49ers have, 49ers are it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be fun, man. And, and, and I tell you what, that's one of the things I appreciate about you the most, how you cover the NFL and the passion mm. you have for covering it. Were you at the games that came to England this year? Yeah, yeah I went to all, I went to two of them. I went to both yeah. of them. But one of them was um, the Broncos, and you couldn't pay me enough to go watch the Broncos play. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to see Russell Wilson and all of that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. What were the games held? Where in, where in London? What stadium? Tottenham Stadium. Two of them at Tottenham Stadium and two of them that's, are that, at... That, that's a nice stadium, though, right? It's brand it's new, right? Nice stadium, but um, what a lot of people don't know is that's an NFL stadium first before it's a football pitch. The really? NFL owned part of that stadium, yeah. The NFL put money into building that stadium because when the football pitch goes apart, it's an NFL stadium first. Like there's an really? NFL logo, yeah, yeah. It's an NFL like on top. The football pitch is like it, it goes on top of it like this, but the, the the initial, the main stadium, the main turf is NFL turf. How does that work though? The owner of the top, the owner of the Spurs is Daniel Levy, right? Yeah, yeah. How, well, how they, needed, they needed help and investment. The NFL were like, you know what? We're 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 increasing the number of games we play there every year. We're gonna play two or three games there. We'll invest in this, and we're gonna make it compatible for the NFL as well. So wow, that, that's how it's. I heard it's a really nice. NFL invested a lot of money into that. Yeah, I heard it's a really nice stadium. You know, you know, I was in London. Um, I was in London for three weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Into the New Year, so and I was in North London. That's where so I live. I live in North London. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham Stadium's what, like, a five-minute drive that way and then Arsenal's a few minutes that way, so. Yeah, yeah. So I was around a lot of Arsenal and uh, Spurs mm. fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my, actually, my brother-in-law took me to uh, to Stanford Bridge. Mm-hmm. I went to see the Man City game. I mean, we Man lost. Man City by Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. It was okay, what was the game? It was 1-0. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Second was, half goal, wasn't it? It was the second half goal with uh Riyad Mahrez. Riyad Mahrez, that's the Riyad one. Mahrez, yeah, it was a cross in from um, what's this English kid's name that played with Villa? He crossed the ball in and then Riyad Mahrez, uh, Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish. Grealish crossed the ball in. It was, it was interesting watching. I tell you what, and, I, and I've said this to everyone I've talked to, is that I was impressed with watching 
watching De Bruyne play live. I mean, so so the thing is, when you watch De Bruyne play live, you realize something phenomenal about him in the sense that he's not your best athlete, not by a mile. Mm. He's not fast. Physically, he's not going to dominate anyone. He conserves his energy so well in the game. Like, I, I can't count the amount of times I saw him just walking on the pitch. Walking, not, you know, when the ball is not near him or away from him, walking. But when Bernardo Silva gets the ball, he's 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 on, he's gone. Oh, I swear to you, his lights turn on and he makes specific runs. Mm. And they look for him. Mm-hmm. You know, no. it, it, it's, it's insane how watching City play, and then same thing when he gets when then when he gets the ball, you watch a Norwegian kid make certain runs, and he's looking for that opening. So it was inc- I'll literally see De Bruyne walk, 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 jog, and then take off. And then you know Bernardo Silva is looking to give him a pass into a spot mm-hmm. of, of Gondoran. I mean, it was it was. Watching City play, I mean, there's such a well-oiled machine, and it hurts me to say this because I'm a Chelsea fan, you know, but there's such a well-oiled machine that I actually thought Chelsea did well defensively to hold them the entire game. Mm-hmm. You know, they did. It was 0-0 at the end of the first half. I thought, I mean, you know, and, and if we had any kind of offensive threat, we could have scored. So I thought we did well. It was just, you were watching a team that knew exactly what they wanted to do. The thing with how, the thing yeah. with Kevin De Bruyne is I lost so much respect for Kevin De Bruyne after the World Cup, bro. Because well, I used to be a massive Kevin De Bruyne. I always I was like, yeah, this guy's the best midfielder in the world. But then to see how little he wanted to play at that World Cup, like you, because I because I went to like two of their games, two of yeah. two of Belgium games, yeah, Belgium games, to the Morocco game, yeah. and I went to the um to the Canada game, right? And I'm I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, this guy really doesn't want it. Like he's getting the ball, he's so passive, he's giving the ball. Like you could see he didn't want it. And I was like, yo, this is the World Cup, right? Imagine being a Belgian fan that traveled to come see their country, the golden generation, the golden era, and you're putting up performances like that. It was, it was, it was, it was quite disgraceful to 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 see. Um, I mean, I mean, me, I'm going there to watch it as a neutral, as I'm I'm, I'm trying to see the game, I'm trying to enjoy the game. But it was just like, I mean, but what's Kevin De Bruyne doing? Like, you know, he didn't want it, he didn't want it at all. Well, then they're, they're not the golden generation anymore, though. Not anymore, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 bro. Kevin De Bruyne is incredible, bro. I mean, um, everything that Man City, everything Man City does, goes through him. He's the one that keeps it ticking. He's the one that creates every single chance. Now that they've got Haaland, that's always going to be making runs for him as well. It's going to be, it's going to be. I mean, stopping them is going to be difficult. Obviously, Arsenal are the ones top of the league. I still think Man City do win that league, but um, it's Man City's. I mean, wow. I mean, there's such a there's such a well-oiled machine. I mean, that game, you know, second half starts. He brings in Grealish, brings in Riyad Mahrez. Mm-hmm. Two different type of savages, right? But it keeps De Bruyne on the field, mm-hmm. right? So those two guys come in and they just bring in a totally different dimension to the game. There's more pace, more of a threat on the wings, yeah. you know? And eventually they end up getting that goal. But it was interesting just watching him. It was, it was interesting being at Stanford Bridge, which was, which was my first time they were going to watch a game live. Um, and watching his movement off the ball mm. when the ball wasn't with him. I mean, his energy management is so efficient in the game. Like he doesn't, he doesn't expel a lot of energy, wasted energy. Like if you watch Chelsea, if you watch Chelsea players, and the guy I thought that really uh, impressed me in the game for Chelsea was Kovacic, right? If you watch, he would take the ball. Kovacic expends a lot of energy. Well, he plays a different role, right? He's always he's either he's running, he's a carrier, he's a ball carrier, yeah, he's a ball carrier, and that's the thing. Like you watch a lot of these guys, especially Chelsea players in that game. You know, Christian Pulisic will get the ball and he'll try to run 40, 50 yards instead of trying to look for that perfect pass to break out a certain player. Mm-hmm. That's what a De Bruyne would do, right? He's like, but De Bruyne's not going to try just. He he he! You'll see him every now and then, maybe try to burst a twenty-five yard sprint, but it's rare. Yeah, it's rare. You know, but our guys they try to show a lot of pace all the time, and they tire out. And it's not surprising. Now, I mean, we have like maybe I don't know ten players injured. You know, mm-hmm. but compared to a city, it's almost stacked. So it's just it's, it. It was interesting watching that game. How one team 
was just more efficient and they just had a much more well or well oiled machine yeah but obviously people forget like city are like six years into their project now you know what i'm trying to say like the city are basically in a rebuild now yeah. so um so it's uh it's, it's a well oiled machine obviously i think chelsea will get there um at some point i don't know if potter yeah. is the guy to get them there but um <laughs> but they've got they've got the players for it now mm-hmm. like, they've, got, they've got so many young talented players that that can be something you know you've got Nkuku and you've got mudrick and you've got um uh, uh Mecca, Benoit, Benoit. Um, center back Reese James, obviously. Like there's there's a lot of top, top talent. There's a lot of young guys coming through, yeah. 100%. Just matter, yeah. So it's just a matter of like putting them together, you know what I'm trying to say? You need yeah. a good manager, you're right, just to, to come in and, 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 and Potter could be, Potter, Potter, Graham Potter could be that manager, but I'm I I don't know. I'm not a fan. Not a yeah, fan. I, I can see that. <laughs> I tell you one thing I did notice though. The, the turf in Stanford Bridge was so shitty, man. Mm. The grass. Okay. I was disappointed. I thought, like, I was, because I was closer so I could see the grass. I was like, you know, this isn't like lush mm. grass. Have you been, have you been to, have you been to um, the Emirates? No, I've never been to the Emirates. <sighs> their, their, their grass is incredible. Really? Oh, incredible. I was, I was disappointed. I was looking at the grass. I was like, I could see sand in certain areas. I was like, what the hell? You know, yeah, I thought it'd be given, you know, all the money pumped into that club. It just shows how, I guess, I don't know if it's the weather. It was, or... I mean, you came, you came at a time where the weather is horrible, though. Like, it's hard to maintain that. It's hard to maintain it. Yeah. I mean, all Premier yeah. League teams have, like, very, very incredible turf. You know what I'm trying to say? That's, that's, that goes without saying. Um, but obviously, you came at a time where it was snowing the week before you got there. It was raining. It was... yeah. Horrible time, so that's it, did rain, it did rain a lot, though. <laughs> it rained a lot. Yeah. It rained almost every day. So, yeah, you're right, though. I, I, I think, um, you know, when I was looking at it, and, and the person I went to said it to was like, yeah, it's the time of the year. If you come at the beginning of the season, the grass is just perfect. perfect. It is yeah. perfect. Yeah, no, no, I, I could take that for free. I could take that for yeah. free. So it was interesting. So let's talk about Qatar a little bit. I mean, um. What was your experience like overall being there? Oh, oh, in, in, in uh, out of state, let's let's start with out of stadium. Like, and there's some things that I, I kind of want to ask you questions about. Um, you know, what, what was that like, bro? I'm this, bro. I can't. The only word I can use to describe how Qatar hosted this World Cup is just perfection. Like, they didn't leave any stone unturned. Everything was taken care of, from healthcare, like free healthcare for all travelers. No worries. Um, yeah, yeah, free healthcare for all travelers. Um, I went to the hospital for a, I stayed for a few nights because I was severely dehydrated. It was completely, it was completely free for me. Um, another one was uh, free public transport for everyone. No worries. Uh, yeah, you can go to you can go to a lot of restaurants and you get free food, for example. Like they, they've got buy one get one free offer. So me and you would go to a restaurant, I would pay you'd get your meal for free, for example. Like everything was taken care of. And then you have the, host- the the normal hospitality that like you come outside stadiums and everyone's giving away, everyone's giving dates and you've got locals that are giving tea and coffee and stuff like that, you know? So it was like, from a hospitality point of view, it was perfect. Obviously, from a football point of view, everyone saw the football that was played. It was an incredible World Cup. One it was of the, an incredible World Cup. It was, it was a very good World Cup. It, it, one yeah. of the best, if not the best, yes. the best World Cup. Yes, you know? yes, um, yes. I mean, it, while you were there, like, for example, um, there was zero crime at this World Cup. You know, like obviously the no alcohol thing was a big deal, but for the first time ever, no British fan was ever arrested at a World Cup. <laughs> so, so it worked out, and and also, not a single woman complained about harassment or assault or anything like that for the first time ever. Not even even catcalling. Like women, no one even complained about mm-hmm. being catcalled. For example, like it was the it was the perfect World Cup, and um, the reason that this is different and will never ever happen again is because all the stadiums were within fifteen minutes of each other, so you can go to three four games in a row. Right, because everything's Whoa. in the same city. All the stadiums are in are in Doha. Doha is not the biggest of cities, so you can so you could go to all four games in the same day if you wanted to, because wow. you can you can access it. And if you were if you were going to another game, there's also free shuttle buses that take you from stadium to stadium. So it's come out your you get on your bus, it takes you to the next stadium straight. So everything was taken care of. Whoa, Mo, you're making me feel bad for not going. No, no, I promise you, I, I tell this to everyone. I, I feel like everyone everyone that's a football fan or a sports fan, this is an opportunity missed because it will never happen again. It will never happen again where one city will be able to host an entire World Cup. They built eight new stadiums from scratch. 
um, the, the tickets to games weren't too expensive. You know, it was, wow. it was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. It was perfect. Man, I do feel like I missed out. Mm, everyone did. <laughs> so, so did you did you go to multiple games in a day, or did you yeah. just ran, randomly pick a game and say, okay, no, no, today I mean, I'm going to watch Belgium? Right before I before <laughs> I went, I had about ten games booked. But then while you're there, so many tickets come on sale. Like every day, there was a there was a FIFA resale platform, which was a resale platform, which was amazing. So if I want to get rid of a ticket, I don't need to do it on Ticketmaster or anything like that. I can just put my ticket back onto the FIFA website, and FIFA will sell it for me, and I get my money back straight away. Nice. So if anyone had tickets from before and couldn't go, about ten minutes before the game, you just put your ticket on resale. Someone like me would buy it. Yeah, I see. And you're not paying ridiculous resale prices for it. You're paying what it was what it cost initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a five percent um, increase. Which is smart though, because that way they can kind of track control the black market. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By giving people the platform to resell the ticket, it exactly. takes out all the people that might just stand on the corner somewhere and say, "Hey, come buy a ticket." Exactly. Wow. That, 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 that's pretty cool, man. I mean, yeah. so so it was a, it was a great experience. Did you you went with multiple people or? I went by myself. myself. I went you went by yourself. Yeah, I was by myself, man. Wow. I, I, I was lucky because I have a few friends that live there. So I stayed okay. with some friends while I was there. So I didn't have to pay for accommodation because accommodation was the most expensive thing that was, I mean, accommodation was ridiculously expensive. Mm. But, um, hotels, right? Hotels, Airbnbs, apartments, everything was just really, really expensive. Like that. But other than because... that, was, I mean, tickets, tickets were cheap. You can get you can get a match ticket for like $80. Because everything was in Doha, right? Everything was in Doha. So and Doha is not very big. It's not big at all. Yeah, so you can imagine trying to find accommodation and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's very. I mean, a lot of people were some some people were staying in Dubai and flying in because it was oh. a cheaper option than actually staying in Doha. That's amazing, man! I didn't know any of that. See, most of these things that you just highlighted mm. aren't fully talked about. Nah, they won't. They will never talk about. It. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, in like general media, like I didn't know, for instance, like how they. Uh, provided hospitality outside the stadium for people that were in there. You just mentioned dates and cotis. No, that's no, but that that wasn't that wasn't from Qatar. Though. That's just the local the people. That's what I'm saying. Locals, because obviously the stadium, because the cold Doha so small, someone lives right next to the stadium, so people will be outside. They'll have dates. They'll have sweets. They have. You know I'm trying to say. Nah, but but Mo, that that's that's a fantastic thing though. Yeah. Think about this, right? Think about it in England. There's a World Cup being held in London, mm. and and the UK fans provide hospitality for free. For people in the stadium, well, you know, um, yeah. like as in like outside the stadiums and stuff, there's free water for everyone, like free water bottles that you have to buy. That's you see what I'm saying? Like, like in the next World Cup, if you if you're trying to buy a bottle of water, you're paying eight dollars, bro. No question. That's I, not, that, that's North America. That I could tell you for free that, that that's hundred percent going to happen. Yeah, bro, you're not I mean, going to see. Bro, you you can you can ask me the amount of times I paid for water the whole time I was there. Like, there's free bottles of water just everywhere. For you. They, they took care of everything, bro. Everything was taken care of, and um, it, you have um, you had free mobile data for the first three days you were there. Just like from the minute you walk in, um, you get a free SIM card that has data for the first three days, just so you can get around and find yourself around for the first three days for, for absolutely free, like free unlimited internet for three days and calls and text and stuff like that. And if you want, if you want to use it, you just top it up. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Like most of these things. This, and I and I'm someone that follows the World Cup. Mm. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not I'm not someone that just goes okay. Like I actually pay attention to every single thing. Yeah, 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 there. yeah, yeah. And all this stuff you're talking about is news. No, but this so, thing, and and I think that's why that's why Qatar didn't care about the the bad public um, perception of the media because they know that when people go there, the stories that they'll tell about it will do will, will be enough. They knew that they had right, they right. knew that they took they took they took care of everything and they did. It was bro, it was the perfect World Cup. Anything you asked me, I could tell you they had and it was provided. Anything, really? Yeah, that's amazing, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like you know, let, let, so so let's talk about the other things, right? The things we did hear about, okay, especially, especially the social side. So we saw like all these teams that were wearing bands that refused to do certain things. Well, the craziest thing is, bro, all Qatar said was don't do anything in public. Like, like the thing that people don't realize in Doha is even straight marriages or straight relationships in public are frowned upon. Like yeah. holding hands, kissing, hugging and stuff in public, straight or gay is 
is is frowned upon. It's it's not legal. So I don't know why they were trying to make a big deal about that one group of people when it's frowned upon regardless. You yeah. know, it wasn't yeah. discrimination because this is just how the custom is. So it's is, is, is their culture. It's their culture. culture. It's their religion. Yeah. yeah. So. And you know, what's interesting is that so I was in um in December I was in I was in London. In November I went to Nigeria because I had a. There's this uh, soccer camp I do. I know, I know. You told me. I really wanted to. I told you I wanted to. Um, I wanted to. Yeah, come you want to. You know what? You could come to the next one. We're, we're, yes, we're, we're, yeah, we'll go. I'm gonna let you know. Matter of fact, yeah. I'll I'll send you um some of the videos. We have tons of content, like videos and pictures. Yeah, some of the content. I'm, I'm gonna try to write articles about yeah. them as well, and I'll, I'll definitely, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely I'll, put, yeah. I'll send you some stuff. It's really, really, it, it's good. And um, the Danish partners I have, um, there are more people in Denmark interested. In uh, also coming to Nigeria. To so do so this the idea. Thing. Let me ask you about your camp. So your camp is basically to um to discover the the best talent in um in Nigeria, and have the Danish scouts basically watch them at that um at that weekend or that week, and scout them to obviously come to Europe. Yeah. So that's a byproduct, right? Okay. And the reason why I made that initially when I started, I was like, okay, we could do what you just said, but then I thought about it and said, okay, there is a possibility that a Danish coach could come to Nigeria and maybe out of 50 players, he might say, okay, I have a capacity to take one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So you didn't want to make that a central point. So that way you don't have 48 or 49 players out of 50 disappointed. That okay, things didn't okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yes, they are look, they're always looking for talent, right? You know this. Teams are always looking for talent. So the focus is, I'm going to focus on development. You know, on um, on building leadership qualities and education, right? Using football as a platform. Yes, if they if they see talent, they will go. And yes, they are looking for talent. But the central point of it is to, to really build, try to build these young kids. Correct, and also build build football capacity, leadership capacity, education. That's the focus. And so we go in there with that focus. Yeah, at the end of the day, my guy is a coach. He's a UEFA pro coach that goes there. So he, mm-hmm. if he sees a guy that's like, hey, listen, I, I think this player has quality, he's going to go. And he will go to Denmark and try to facilitate so that player could go. Right? So it's twofold. But I think the point that you made will become more um, available because I have more coaches in Denmark Coming. now. Ah, seeing, okay. Seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. So it increases... Um, the likelihood, the nets, if you will, correct. So you, you you know, so and this is the third edition that I've done. So it's 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 growing, and 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 I think the next edition is going to actually be bigger in terms of the actual scout. When when are you trying to do the next one? Um, they're having elections in Nigeria, so that we'll find out who the next president is in February. So after that, we're looking at probably it might be this November as well. November is a good period. Okay. Because the weather's not too bad as well. Mm, the rainy season is over. Yeah, no, um, one hundred percent. I mean, this obviously because this was so close to the World Cup, mm-hmm. it was a bit. But but the next, but the next one definitely like I'll yeah yeah November something. Um, and we could even facilitate like a, a like my cousin has his own production company, for example. We can actually oh, make it a proper. We can we bro, can actually if it can be facilitated, we can definitely we can definitely do this, bro. Bro, like, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk offline, man. Because because yeah, yeah. you know the thing is, and I and I'm I'm probably gonna be. In London again um, before the end of the year, so um, I'll definitely chat with you some more. I know, I know, yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, I know for certain I'm going to Denmark um, in a few months because uh, I have to meet some people. But yeah, we hundred percent. And I'll send you all the videos and stuff. You see, well, on this topic, man, let's talk. Let's talk about African football right now, man. No, no, but, but, the, but the point I wanted to make was, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. Talk, yeah, we were talking about um, Qatar and the social issues. And when I was in Nigeria, um, I was actually talking to some people and, and we're debating this stuff. And, and the thing is, uh, one of the guys that was like, yeah, but how, how are you going to have a World Cup? You know, but people can't drink. It doesn't make any sense. And this and that is not going to be fun. And, you know, um, Budweiser and all these companies are going to lose a lot of money. And, and my point to him was, well, well, it's not like FIFA didn't know that this was the lifestyle of the Qataris before the World Cup. This isn't news. Three years ago, if you told me you were going to Qatar, I'd have told you, "Hey, these are the rules." Yeah, <laughs> these are the rules. Man. <laughs> this is the lifestyle. Just be on your p's and q's. Like this is this is it's not your country. This is how this is how they live. You know, and you have to go there and respect it. So I don't understand. I couldn't understand for me 
what the whole you know what the craziest thing is you know the whole lgbt thing right yeah yeah you know in um russia russia four years ago it was the same thing like russia also doesn't has those same rules where that stuff is forbidden no really you didn't hear any of those any of that stuff because does, does russia does russia, actually russia doesn't allow that stuff either russia really? doesn't allow that stuff either yeah it's illegal in russia the same way it's illegal in qatar but obviously mm-hmm. you um it was very very minimal the noise was li- minimal because obviously it's, it's another russian country but obviously i mean I'll, I'll be honest this um this world cup showed me how biased the western media is with regards to muslim countries arab countries because nothing was like bro things that i can like things that i'm there like I'm, I'm there with my own eyes i'm going on sky sports and i'm and i'm hearing a completely different story like which is a lie i'll give you one example on the first day the opening um the opening ceremony um obviously there's the fifa fan festival the official fan festival right but the the rules with the fan festival is only people with a higher card so higher cards are people that have match tickets people that are coming from abroad etc etc can get in this message wasn't delivered loud and clear so obviously large queues formed like there's obviously because people that weren't supposed to be there are there so obviously there's lines people are getting rejected and obviously um you're gonna ask why can't i get in etc etc um so i'm there i can see this i understand what's going on so obviously because they didn't prepare for it more police came or more security came just to kind of just to kind of like ease the ease the tensions and um like kind of disperse the crowds and say yo only for people with these cards can come in Obviously, they have their police horses, etc. etc. That's normal. Even outside every stadium, there's police horses. Yeah. The next morning, I go on, I'm on Twitter, I'm saying troubles at the FIFA fan festival on the opening ceremony. I I'm like, I was there. What do you mean? They were like they're they're lying about literally anything. Like they'll go to an accommodation, one person will have an um, an issue with the accommodation, or the 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 water won't run in that person's accommodation. Oh, um, Qatar puts tourists in tents with no water would be the would be the article like these are like and this is things that were going on throughout the um throughout the tournament throughout the throughout the month so I'm glad that I was there to actually witness it for myself and know what what was what let me ask you this though so you know you're you're a sports journalist right so how does how does that roll with you when you see your narrative based on what you're looking at as the truth doesn't fit because what you're saying right it wasn't just sky sports oh it was every western media it was if you, was if you example. exactly if you watch mainstream media sports media that was the narrative it was oppressive it was it was restrictive you know teams were protesting right that was what you saw mm. right when you when you have to put out stuff and you see all of that how does that i mean how do you feel about that right I mean, for for me, because because I'm a Muslim and I'm there, it's just it's just a bit hurtful to because like Qatar put so much into this, they spent more money on their World Cup than the previous four combined in terms of money, right? They built an entire transport system, they've built infrastructure, they've they've in, essentially with this with this um, World Cup they've built their entire country, right? And just to see people who just because they don't like it and just because they don't like some of the customs of of Qatar are pushing these narratives it's kind of it's kind of upsetting you know that's that's how you feel ultimately but then thankfully if someone like me who has a platform I can kind of push back at that and kind of say yo this isn't true this is what I'm saying and this is this is what I'm seeing while I'm here yeah it was it was um yeah when I debated that I just used I approached it from a common sense perspective of this whole hoopla about alcohol, I'm not sure exactly what you want these people to do. I mean, do you want them to totally change their national laws? For 30 days. Or, or, and and <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't national laws, by the way. Obviously, yeah. you know so many Muslims. You know what I'm trying yes. to say? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Like all your friends, everyone you chill. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You're not yeah. going gonna to put your religion to the side for 30 days. To for 30 days. People. Correct. You're not gonna, you're, you, you can't just say, you know what, your God, hold up. We're, we're doing something right now. Just wait up. We're going to do this. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You feel yeah. me? Yeah, like you're coming and, and the idea and the idea of hosting the World Cup in so many different places is to embrace other people's culture, to to visit a new place, to see a new place. You don't go somewhere and tell them how to behave for three for thirty days. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, and and one thing that at least in North America, one thing you see is um, 
they give you exemptions for religious reasons. You see mm. what I'm saying? Like if, for instance, I, 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 during, the, during the whole thing of the COVID vaccine, there were certain people that said, I can't take the vaccine because of religious reasons and they had to prove, and those people were given a pass. So if it's okay in that instance, why wouldn't it be okay that this is the understood, well-known rule as it pertains to Islam and you're going to a Muslim country and you feel that it's going to change? I don't get it. Like it, it just doesn't. Can I, can I say something? You know, yeah. most of the people that were there that were from the UK and from the States, they had no problem with it. Like people didn't have a problem not drinking alcohol for a month. Mm-hmm. They were okay with it. You know, like stadiums, no alcohol. Like most people that were actually there had no problem with it because there were so many other things that Qatar did to to substitute with that. You know what I'm trying to say in terms of like events and this and that to, to substitute. So you didn't even need to drink. There was no need to drink. So, so yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting, and that's why I wanted to get your perspective because I know one, you're a sports head, you know, clearly you understand football, uh, football, soccer, football, <laughs> not football, football, you know, and 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 you were there, mm-hmm. and I know you were there, and I know you were interacting, and you're on the ground, and you're so I wanted to get your perspective on on everything, and uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. that. That's that's really insightful. So speaking about the game, um, obviously Morocco. You know, I'll be damned. Like, <laughs> bro, not not just Morocco, bro. You know, um, obviously, you know, I'm, I cover African football in it. That's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It was it was an impressive year for Africa as a whole. You bro. think this so, world, bro? This World Cup was very very impressive because if you go back four years, not a single team even qualified from the group stages. An African yeah. team, not a single one. Morocco didn't qualify. Yeah, Ghana, yeah, yeah. Like, no one qualified from the group stages last year. This year, for the first time ever, on the last match day, all five teams still had a chance to qualify. Cameroon did their job. Cameroon did their job. They beat Brazil in the they last beat game. Brazil, man. Tunisia, that was, Tunisia yeah. did their job. Tunisia beat France in the last game. Both of those teams, if results elsewhere went their way, would have qualified. That's a good point, right? That's Ghana point. got four yeah. points. Usually, four points gets you through. Usually, four Ghana, points. yeah, but Ghana dropped the ball against Uruguay. No, 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 one hundred percent. That's why I didn't yeah. even mention Ghana. But the yeah. point is, if Ghana had got a draw, Ghana would have gone through as well. Yes, Ghana needed a draw. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. So they, everyone, they, they, everyone did their job. It's just results elsewhere didn't go their way. Yeah. You know? Like, if Denmark had got a result against Australia, Tunisia would have qualified. If Serbia got a result against Switzerland, um, Cameroon, Cameroon would have qualified. qualified. Yeah. If Ghana got a draw, Ghana would have qualified. Obviously, Senegal and um, Morocco already did qualify, you know? Yeah. And also, um, I don't know if you know this, but this is the most points Africa has ever got in the group stages of the World Cup. 24 oh, points yeah. between the five teams. Never really? the previous yeah, record yeah, yeah, smashed that, that, the previous record. Smashed really? the previous record, yeah, by like nine points. Wow. So it's, it was an it was an impressive year for Africa. And you saw what, what Senegal did without Sadio Mane. Um obviously in, in the in the England game, they were missing a lot of players, like they the were, entire middle, no Idris Ghanagi, no Czech Kuyate, obviously no and, and when you're playing against a team like England, yeah, missing yeah, these yeah. type of players, you can't overcome that. Yeah, Senegal yeah, dominated yeah. Senegal dominated Holland in the first game of that tournament. Don't yes, yes. Game. I keep telling people like I, I was, I was funny and that game I actually watched when I was in Nigeria because it was on during that mm, time. Mm. And I was saying, I was like, look, they just the goal from Gakpo, what's his name from? from it was Holland. two. It was two mistakes from um, from Mendy. It was two. Yeah. Goals from Mendy, that, Mendy, that, Mendy didn't commit to the first one, and the second one was Mendy um, giving it right in front of um, right in front of the striker. Correct. I correct. mean, like they they dominate. They they played Holland off the park. I if think you watch you, the, Ecuador game, the Ecuador game could have easily been five or six to yes, um, yes, destroyed yes, them, yes. right? Destroyed them, even yeah. the England game, the first 30 minutes before England got their goal, Senegal were a better team, bro. The first chance of the game, if Ismail Asaf, sorry, if, if Ismail Asaf finishes that chance in, in in the first five minutes of the game, bro, it's a completely different it's game. A completely different game. Different game. Yes, and that's where. The and this money. is without Sadio Mane. This Sadio is without Mane. without four of their most experienced players, bro. People are talking about Sadio Mane. You know Bruno Saad that played that, that plays for Bayern Munich. They're, yeah, they're right, yeah, yeah, they're right yeah. back. He, he didn't play as well. Like these are so four or five starters weren't playing, and Senegal did the way Senegal did what um, they did. Played, played the way they did. And for the 100%. first 20, 30 minutes of that game, bro, you're like, yo, Senegal are actually the better team right now. Yes, they were. Obviously, and if they had Mane. I promise you. First of all, they don't lose that 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 Holland game. No, no. If they if they if they have money, they they finish first in their group. They play USA, and then you don't know what happens after that. You know, correct. They, you, they play U, they play USA in the um in the uh, what's it called um in the round of sixteen, 
And then after that, you, you don't know what happens after that. Yeah, you know it, becomes, it becomes a roll of the dice like it becomes, Morocco. It becomes a roll of, you get to a quarterfinal because you can see that. You saw what happened with Morocco. Yeah, no, no, Senegal, and that's what I kept, um, you know, some people like, ah, they lost the heart. I'm like, no, listen, did you watch that game? Oh, Senegal, Senegal. If you, saw, if you actually sat down and watched that game, you would realize the only thing they were missing was a finisher. Not even a finisher, bro. Like, a decisiveness in the final third, whether it's a pass yeah. or a finish or something on the counter attack, because they had these fast young players. You have in Dye on one side, you have Ismail Asar, you have Bruno Asar, you have I'm sorry, and Bula Dia. You have these, you have these really good, athletic, talented guys. You just need that final key moment in the final. You know what I'm trying to say, and that that would have been that would have been it. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, and I tell you what, the, the thing was, um, you know, Morocco and Tunisia. You know, I had to eat my words on them because my criticism of North African teams was, ah, you know, they always go to the World Cup and they just totally roll over. Now, Tunisia, <laughs> Tunisia, I was wrong about because I didn't think Tunisia would stand, stood a chance. Yeah. Morocco, yeah. however, I said Morocco are dark horse. Yeah. I said I wrote an article before the World Cup saying, yo, Morocco are a real, real dark horse. Because you look at you look at their qualification was so impressive. It was it was the it was the best qualification ever in African history. Right? They they won um they won six out of six. They scored 22 goals, conceded one goal in the entire in the entire run. The African Cup of Nations, they were incredible. They were unlucky to lose to Egypt. They shouldn't have lost that game, right? Um, and then that was without Ziyech, without Mazraoui, two incredible players that that were two of their best players at this World Cup, right? Yes, yes. And they got their new coach. They brought Ziyech back. They brought Mazraoui back. And you could see, like, this team can go go toe-to-toe and step with anyone. Bro, tell me that Morocco weren't the better team against France in the semi-final. Morocco were the better team. Morocco were the better team. But obviously, when you've got Mbappe, that that clinicalness is just out of this world, you know? That was the difference right there, Mbappe. Really, if you think about it. um, This this year was the year that Africans announced themselves to the world. Obviously, next next World Cup, got 10 teams in in the the World Cup. Got 10 teams. So can you imagine these teams plus Nigeria, plus Ivory Coast, Plus Egypt, Whew. plus Burkina Faso, which, which, which is which is an interesting concept. I don't know. Have you seen? Has CAF announced the new qualifying series? How would that work, though? They, they, so, um, so they, haven't, they haven't announced the um, CAF hasn't announced the procedure, but they've announced. But but we've we've got ten teams. That's a fact. It will be interesting. I hope what they don't do is I hope they don't do regional. I, that's what I hope they don't do. Like you know how they do for the yes, yes, yes. Nation, for example. I hope they don't do regional because then you're going to get a team like Somalia and Ethiopia at the World Cup, but then a team like uh, Algeria might or, 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 or Ghana might not make it. Exactly. So I hope they don't do regional. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I hope they do the way they do in Europe, where they have the pop, the, the seed A team, and then they, they play like a, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? That's what yeah. I hope they do. But regional, I think, I, I think that's what they. I mean, do. as a Somali, I don't mind regional because I know Eritrea, Ethiopia. I give me a chance of going to the World Cup, but then getting destroyed at the World Cup at the same time. But how would they even break up the regions? No, they, no, no, no. They, they they have their regions. Like for example, the under 17s the under twenty. It would just be yeah, those yeah, same yeah. regions. They it would be like the East, um, West Africa, West Africa, Northwest Africa, um, Central Africa. So like you know, like Sakafa. Um, yeah, 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 that kind yeah, yeah. of stuff. So um, it's already broken up into regions, and that's how they that's how they do certain qualifications, certain qualifications and stuff like that. Ten teams, my goodness! So you can imagine, like, like you imagine, like Nigeria, Algeria, Ivory Coast, with it Senegal, it, it, with it Morocco, increases, with yeah, it increases the chances overall of African team doing well. Yeah, it does significantly. Imagine, imagine instead of having one or two teams in the round of sixteen. You have four teams, five teams in a round of 16. You get two or three teams in the quarterfinals. Bro, you're going to have a semi-finalist every single year. There's a reason there's a European semi-finalist every single year because you've got 16 teams 16 in the World teams. Cup. Yeah, yeah. When you increase the odds, the chances are you'll have exactly. more teams exactly. become successful. So, so now we have, we have the second most number of teams in the World Cup. If five of them qualify from the group stage, which I expect they do because African football is going, getting incredible. Like, I never Senegal I never expect Senegal not to qualify from a, from a, from a World Cup group stage. I never expect Morocco, Ivory, Ivory teams like that. I I I I class them as high as I class um, teams like England and maybe not France and Brazil and Argentina because they're just the elite of the elite. We're not there yet. Yeah. But teams like England, Holland, for example, bro, we, we should be able to go toe to toe with them regularly. And I think this World Cup showed that. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the game where Cameroon beat Brazil, mm. right? Brazil dominated that game, right? If you watch it, but Cameroon managed the game well. Defensively, they were responsible. They didn't give up, give Brazil too many chances. 
And when they got an opportunity, they took it. Yeah. And they beat them. But do you know where this comes from, though? It comes from the fact that now African players are playing at the highest level, the highest possible level. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're if you're Zambo Angisa that plays for um Cameroon, Napoli, I love that kid, yeah. man. If, yeah. if, if Zambo Angisa played, yeah. you've just you've just outplayed Thiago Alcantara for Liverpool in the Champions League. You're not yes. going to be worried about the World Cup. This is, yeah, this yeah, is not yeah, too yeah. big of a stage for you because yeah, you yeah. know you, you've proved yourself now. You're not playing in League A. You're not yes. playing in the Bundesliga. Yes. You're playing yes. in the highest possible leagues in the world. You're Sadio Mane. You've won everything. You're not going to look at Lionel Messi like he's a superior. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're yeah. not going to. You're not going to. You're not going to be in awe of these guys. And that's the difference in African football now. You know, yeah. if you're Ashraf Hakimi, you're playing with Mbappe. You're playing with Messi. You're not looking at these guys. And that was the difference. Like five. Like for example, people look at the um the the golden generation of Ivory Coast in 2010. You have Didier Drogba. You have Yaya Toure. But you still have guys that are playing for Aston Villa that are going to go to Brazil and think, oh my God, what am I doing here? Yeah, but you yeah. look at Senegal, for example, you've got seven, eight players that are playing Champions League football. Champions League, you've got um, Morocco who are playing. Like, you look at you look all over the African teams now. You've, you've got two or three players that are playing at the highest possible level. level. And yeah. that's what's going to increase the, the level of your team. So now, instead of being in awe of Neymar and Messi... You've got Zambo and Gisa who's who's doing it, so your your team can all you're training with this guy. So now your level increases as well, and that's why African football is going through the roof now. Yeah, the yeah, Africa yeah. Cup of Nations is an incredible tournament because you've got six or seven teams that are Champions League caliber teams, the the, yeah. the best of the best. You yeah. look at you look at Algeria, you got um Benacer, AC Milan just won the um, thing. You got um um Riyad Mahrez, you got all of these guys. Senegal, we don't need to speak about Senegal. Morocco, we don't need to speak about Morocco. Nigeria, bro, bro, Nigeria, bro. Bro, I know you're excited right now. Yeah, I, I am. Know. I am. I am. The top two scorers in Syria are both from your country. You know. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, saw, I saw the, I saw the um, game this weekend with Osimhen. And and look, when when I was at Stanford Bridge, I was telling anyone who would listen that we are insane if we don't sign Victor Osimhen. No, no. I think Man United will sign Victor Osimhen and Victor, and they're going to be the best team for, for the next six years. I think you Man think United. You, will sign. you think United get him? I think I think United are the best. Or Rashford. Team. Rashford is playing out of his pants right now. No, no. no. Rashford's a winger though. Rashford's a winger. We know that. Rashford's a left winger. Yeah. That's why they signed Weghorst, for example. You know, imagine that team with with Osimhen. They'll be they'll be a generational team. Osimhen is twenty two years old. The craziest thing is. Osimhen's got 13 goals in 15 games. He doesn't He's take penalties. He's savage. He doesn't take penalties. But Napoli have had seven penalties this year. He would be on Haaland numbers if he was taking penalties this year. You know that, right? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching. And he was, and he was injured for six weeks. Six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Savage. I was watching him. I, 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 I literally have a reminder on my football TV for Napoli games. Yeah. Ever since I saw what they did to Liverpool... I was like, okay, I, I got. I was watching, and I'm, they're such a good team. Yes, Osimhen is the leading goal scorer, but the entire team, the entire team works very, very well together. They're such a good team to watch, and and they're they're, they're, they're topping Syria right now, aren't they? Twelve points clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to win the league. Twelve points clear. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch him, but he is an unbelievable player, he's, man. Well, he's twenty four years old. He just turned twenty four. He just turned 24 years old. Like he, in my opinion, he's in the same, he's in the same bracket as Haaland. Like yeah, if he's not playing for Man City and they creating those chances, he might even score more goals. Yes, because, yes. Like because Osimhen's work rate, the movement, Osimhen does everything so perfectly. Yeah, he doesn't stop. He doesn't yo, stop. Let's, let's let's go back to Nigeria really quickly. Yeah. There's not many front threes in the world that can say they have Lukman, Osimhen, and Chukwueze. That is one of the best front threes in the world. If you have that front three, why are you scared of anyone anyone else? And I'm you saying that. That's the just that's just the quality of African football now. That's yeah. that, that's the standard now. You need an Ossiman. You need a Sadio Mane, like to be a good African team, which wasn't the case before. Yeah, you're right. It's it's. I'm excited. Listen, last African Cup of Nations was exciting to watch. The level of football, the intensity. This the next one is going to be even bananas. Just even watching better. it is highly competitive now. It's no joke. Because highly it's, competitive. Like um. Because even though some of these teams like Burkina Faso and Mali, for example, they got some very, very good. They're very, very good young players. Very yes. good young players. Yes. Like Mali have Basuma, Haidara. They have um, Janepo that plays for. Uh, yeah, Janepo. And then you got Burkina Faso, who's got one of my favorite players. Um, um what's it called? They got Tori, Traore. Traore used to be Bertrand Traore. Um, what's it called? Issa Cabaret, the right back that Masi yeah. owned him, but he's currently on loan. At Marseille, bro, they've got some like, it's, like African football is very fun, man. No, very that's something, and, and and I love the style of African football. Mm, it's pace, mm. 
its skill, its power, you see that on display. Mm-hmm. If you turn in an African African Cup of Nations game, you're guaranteed. Well, no, I don't see. know if you've been keeping up with the with the Chan competition. You know the um. Yeah, I've been seeing the results and watching highlights. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, know I know Senegal won three zero. Um, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so even that, and 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 why that competition is even more exciting and more fun is because it's players that are only in oh, Africa. The home base, yeah. Home, home base, base players. So it's just so you can see the real like how African football really really is. You know? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. And and it's, it's look the level of competition and the the. The I call it the conveyor belt of players that are coming through mm-hmm. is sick. Like and right now, if I was to ask you who's the favorite for the next Africa Cup of Nations, you'd be silly to tell me any name. You'd be you 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 couldn't. Are you gonna say Morocco? Are you gonna you say can. Senegal? Are you gonna say Nigeria? Are you gonna say um Algeria? Are you gonna say Ivory Coast? Who you, what can you say? You know what's interesting? Uh, I watched Morocco go through a lot of these World Cup games and they did very well, and I was impressed and proud of them. But I've seen them play much tougher games in, in Africa. Africa. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you, can't, that. You, can't me, you can't tell me that Morocco had the, had the, had a harder game against Canada and, and Belgium. They, they didn't no, no, no. They didn't. They didn't. I've seen I've seen them play Burkina Faso. Yeah. And play a much tougher a game. Much tougher game. One hundred percent. Than against Canada 100%. or Belgium. Hundred percent. It was more physical. It was more demanding on their team. They had to dig deep mm-hmm. compared to those games. Like watching them in the World Cup. Like, they're look, a good team, but look, certain things came easy. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Like, like the Belgium game, I was at bro. I, I was at that game. I was like, bro, these guys are cruising. Like this is Eden Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, Courtois. These guys are they cruising? They were cruising. That's my point, though. Like I was, I, like if you watch them during the Afghan, you're like, man, they play certain games, and you could see mm-hmm. they were struggling. And I think it has to do with that African physicality. Of when course. you play a certain team with pace and power, you know your guys have to work three times as hard. And, and that takes its toll on Morocco. And you could see mm-hmm. it during AFCON. When they played Canada, I remember watching that game. I mean, the Ziad goal was a gift. Mm, it's it almost like you said, it was a gift. Go ahead and score. And he just logged yeah. the ball all the way in. I mean, it, it was easy for him. And, and it was interesting because I, I kept telling my friend, I'm like, listen, I'm watching Morocco. And you think these guys are great? They could go to Afghan and not qualify. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could go to Afghan and not get past the first round. So it's interesting, man. Hey, listen, listen, bro. Thank you so much. I know um we 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 gotta chat some more. I'm gonna send you those those pictures so you can check it out. Bro, send me yeah. those videos. And um uh some point this week, let's do let's um after after these this divisional round, let's do a um let's do a preview of the NFC and AFC championship games. Oh wait, that's this week. Let's do, I'm talking about let's, let's do a Super Bowl preview next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, let's talk next week after the Super Bowl. I mean, after the AFC NFC. After the NFC, yeah. Ah, right, my bro, man. My man, thanks.